Isn't common sense supposed to be common? The struggle is real, my friends. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. Hi there. Welcome. Kate Daly Show. All right. I'll be back on Alex Jones next week. Uh, this week, uh, tomorrow and Friday, I'm, I'm actually traveling, but I put together reruns and I'm combining uh, from six years ago so you can see the difference I'm actually playing some newscasts some things from six years ago so you can kind of uh, I'm covering some topics some really interesting topics I covered and also I want you to see how the headlines are kind of the same as they are now and that's going to be my whole point in this hour. Uh, in this hour, I want to tackle um, kind of a heavy subject in this local hour. And I hope that you share this because I want this to be maybe a, a little geared toward being a little more eye-opening. Because, you know, I could talk about the bills. The bills are ridiculous. I could talk about what's going on in our um, 
what's go- <laughs> what's going on in our country right now in the legislation um, you know all, all over the country right now the most asinine bills you've ever heard of people so bored I guess they got to try to figure out some way to make a name for themselves whatever it is I could talk about the the corrupt politics locally I could talk about head and sand I could talk about all kinds of things but honestly one of the biggest problems is how are we going to get people into the fight? How do you get them from where they're at, the ones that aren't in those seats, the ones that aren't at those meetings, the ones that are not fighting for the country, how do you get them to fight? So I want to tackle in this hour um, right along those lines, and I'm going to bring up JFK because I've been thinking about that lately. And there's some really interesting things there um, that I think we should revisit for a moment because it was the first and not the first, but one of the more obvious public um, false flag executions. And we're talking so many years ago, so many decades ago. And so I want to revisit some clips and, and, and play these for you. Um, and then, of course, Melissa's going to join me, and then Susan's going to join me, and uh, get your spot in the fourth hour. It's filling up, and I want to see you there, because I know that uh, if you're a fan of this show, this is kind of the next six months on steroids. What can we do, right? What can we do? Special guests. You'll have a special phone number. I will be taking your comments during the show, um, your questions for guests, things like that. You'll have a special access number and access uh, to me behind the scenes and um, become part of this machine. Become part of this show. So important right now. We need all hands on deck and we need you. And this is a way this fourth hour off the air um, dialogue live in-person dialogue that we're not in person, but live dialogue that we're doing online and in the evening is going to be insanely fantastic. (laughs) And I'm, I wish we would have started this years ago, Uh, but we've got to do something bigger. So I want to, um, I want to start here. Okay. I want to start here. I want to start where, um, where we were, we were told that Lee Harvey, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the JFK movie because the JFK movie in 1991 said a lot of important things. Hollywood is never, even Oliver Stone is never going to cover the, uh, the entire conspiracy that took place, but it did touch on some things that were very, very interesting things. We believed things that we just kind of took at face value. So for somebody to believe that Lee Harvey Oswald did that, and I know there's people out there listening right now, might be older, I'm not quite sure, lived that time, that, that just believe it. <laughs> it's just easier to believe that Lee Harvey Oswald was a Russian guy and he came over and, and he was able to do what he did. But I want to take you through the magic bullet theory for, for a moment. Kevin Costner describes the magic bullet theory. And the reason I'm doing this is, I had a friend, I was talking to a friend last week, and the friend said to me, this is, what you do is scary. Like, how do you think about those things all the time? That's scary. And I thought, well, because aren't you curious? Do you want to know? And, and really the answer was no. And so I want to see what led up to that. And I do need your input on this because I'm going to be asking you some questions, but I want you to listen to what we were told 
back in 1963, okay, before I was born, this is what we were told this one bullet did, okay? So let's just revisit this real quick. Here we go. This is two minutes long. Here we go. This is uh, Kevin Costner playing the part of Jim Garrison. This was the only case that really made it to court about the JFK uh, assassination. Here we go. Just two bullets. And we know one of them was the fatal headshot that killed Kennedy. So now a single bullet remains. A single bullet now has to account for the remaining seven wounds in Kennedy and Conley. But rather than admit to a conspiracy or investigate further, the Warren Commission chose to endorse the theory put forth by an ambitious junior counselor, Arlen Specter, one of the grossest lies ever forced on the American people. We've come to know it as the magic bullet theory. The magic bullet enters the president's back, headed downward at an angle of 17 degrees. It then moves upward in order to leave Kennedy's body from the front of his neck. Wound number two, where it waits 1.6 seconds, presumably in midair, where it turns right, then left, right, then left, and continues into Conley's body at the rear of his right armpit. Wound number three. The bullet then heads downward at an angle of 27 degrees, shattering Conley's fifth rib and exiting from the right side of his chest. Wound number four. The bullet then turns right, and re-enters Conley's body at his right wrist. Wound number five. Shattering the radius bone, the bullet then exits Conley's wrist. Wound number six. Makes a dramatic U-turn and buries itself into Conley's left thigh. Wound number seven, from which it later falls out and is found in almost pristine condition on a stretch in a corridor of Parkland Hospital. That's some bullet. Anyone who's been in combat will tell you never in the history of gunfire has there been a bullet this ridiculous. Yet the government says it can prove it with some fancy physics in a nuclear laboratory. Of course they can. Theoretical physics can prove that an elephant can hang from a cliff with his tail tied to a daisy. <laughs> but use your eyes, your common sense. The Army wound ballistics experts at Edward Arsenal fired some comparison bullets. Not one of them looked anything like this. It's pretty ridiculous when you think about it, right? When it's explained. <laughs> Yet, Americans believed it. Why? Why did they believe that? How could they believe that? It seems incredible, doesn't it? Just like right now, we're supposed to believe that none of these heart attacks are happening in the myocarditis, like uh, Yasmin over at MSNBC interviewed Dr. Brett, the TV expert, and he said that he just didn't know. It's like, you know, like a virus-like heart attack thing, thingy, whatever. We're supposed to believe that too? When does common sense kick in? When do we actually believe what we or, or at least question what we are told. Not believe it, question it. In that opening speech of JFK, there was a lot said. Now, JFK would not have made it into office had he not been somebody that they could count on to do things. So don't think for a second he was a saint. But obviously, common sense would tell you now that he went rogue enough and didn't do what they wanted enough in several different areas, at least, Vietnam, gold standard, all kinds of different things, in order for them to want to get rid of him and actually 
do it in front of everybody and then try to get away with it, right? And try to get the public to believe the Warren Commission, which I don't know of anyone that still believes the Warren Commission. (laughs) Okay. And I'm going to play a clip for you because I want you to see the audience reaction. The audience reaction when uh, Kevin Costner in that movie, in the JFK movie, because it's the only movie that really pointed out anything important. Didn't point it out all of it, but pointed out important things. But, but the audience reaction is vital. The audience reaction is very, very important to what I'm, what I'm talking about today in this hour. Because it describes where we're at and we're still there. And I don't know how to get good-meaning people smart people to finally understand what they're up against or even want to look under the hood. How are we going to do that? Because I know this is a problem that we are tackling right now. We could tackle all the bills and all the nonsense that all the cities are pulling and the city councils and shame on them. But we really got to talk about how we can get people to fight it, to help us fight this. Uh, Be right back. Kate Daly Show. KateDalyRadio.com. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi there. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show. I'm just kind of sharing with you some thoughts going back to 1963. And we could go before that, too. But I... And I'll get there in just a second. So uh, make sure Garage Doors Only, Ugly Door Contest at garagedoorsonly.com. Get your pictures in. That contest is going on right now. And you have a short time to uh, nominate somebody to get a brand new garage door from Garage Doors Only. They're a fantastic company. Uh, You have to dial the 435. Dial 435-868-1200. 435-868-1200. If you have questions about the uh, contest, that's who to call. And uh, they're a fantastic company. Get your garage door from them and have them fix yours if yours is broken, even if they didn't install it. Uh, ABC Auto, love you guys, and uh, you are fantastic, can I just say, and uh, doing such great work out there because you know what you're doing, decades of experience. If you're in an accident, they never get, they never tell you you get to choose your provider, but you do. Um, and so make sure you go there. MyPillow.com, make sure you're ordering those products. They're fantastic, and I just love my sheets. I just, I do. I love them. I can't even tell you. I talk about them off the air, too. I love their sheets sheets. Um, they just wash so perfectly. Anyway, uh, you got to get their sheets and towels, but their new pillow, the 2.0 is fantastic. Um, okay. Um, so let me, uh, let me start here. I'm going to play this for you because this is, uh, this is a really important speech and I want you to listen to the, to the audience, to the audience reaction at the end. Okay. Now, this is Kevin Costner playing Jim Garrison, the only court case that went up against uh, against the establishment, um, and he didn't win, um, obviously. But uh, but it was uh, certainly a case. It was certainly a case mentioning a lot of a lot of things. So, this was the Oliver Stone movie, 1991, and so uh, this was a great speech by uh, uh, Kevin Costner. Here we go. Within minutes. False statements and press leaks about Lee Oswald circulate the globe. The official legend is created and the media takes it from there. The glitter of official lies and the epic splendor of the thought-numbing funeral of JFK confuse the eye and confound the understanding. 
Luther always said, the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. Lee Harvey Oswald, a crazed, lonely man who wanted attention and got it by killing a president, was only the first in a long line of patsies. In later years, Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King, men whose commitment to change and peace would make them dangerous to men who are committed to war would follow. Also killed by such lonely, crazed men. Men who remove our guilt by making murder a meaningless act of a loner. We've all become hamlets in our country, children of a slain father leader whose killers still possess the throne. The ghost of John F. Kennedy confronts us with the secret murder at the heart of the American dream. He forces on us the appalling questions of what is our Constitution made? What is our citizenship and more our lives worth? What is the future of a democracy where a president can be assassinated under conspicuously suspicious circumstances while the machinery of legal action scarcely trembles? How many more political murders decides as heart attacks, suicides, cancers, drug overdoses? How many airplane and car crashes will occur before they are exposed for what they are? Treason doth never prosper, wrote an English poet. What's the reason? Well, if it prosper, none dare call it treason. The American public is yet to see the Zapruder film. Why? The American public is yet to see the real x-rays and photographs of the autopsy. Why? There are hundreds of documents that could help prove this conspiracy. Why are they being withheld or burned by the government? Each time my office or you, the people, have asked those questions, demanded crucial evidence, the answer from on high has always been national security. What kind of national security do we have when we've been robbed of our leaders? What national security permits the removal of fundamental power from the hands of the American people and validates the ascendancy of invisible government in the United States? That kind of national security, gentlemen, the jury, is when it smells like it, feels like it, and looks like it. You call it what it is. Fascism. I submit to you that what took place on November 22, 1963, was a coup d'etat. Its most direct and tragic result was the reversal of President Kennedy's commitment to withdraw from Vietnam. The war is the biggest business in America worth $80 billion a year. President Kennedy was murdered by a conspiracy that was planned in advance at the highest levels of our government and it was carried out by fanatical and disciplined cold warriors in the Pentagon and CIA's covert operation apparatus, among them Clay Shaw here before you. It was a public execution, and it was covered up by like-minded individuals in the Dallas Police Department, the Secret Service, the FBI, and the White House, all the way up to, including J. Edgar Hoover and Lyndon Johnson, whom I consider accomplices after the fact. The assassination reduced the president to a transient official. His job, his assignment, is to speak as often as possible of this nation's desire for peace while he acts as a business agent in the Congress for the military and their hardware manufacturers. Now some people say I'm crazy. <laughs> Southern caricature seeking higher office. Well there is a simple way to determine if I am paranoid. 
Let's ask the two men who profited the most from the assassination, your former president, Lyndon Baines Johnson, and your new president, Richard Nixon, to release the 51 CIA documents pertaining to Lee Harvey Oswald and Jack Ruby. Or the secret CIA memo on Oswald's activities in Russia that was destroyed while being photocopied. All these documents are yours. The people's property. You pay for it. But because the government considers you children who might be too disturbed or distressed to face this reality, or because you might possibly lynch those involved, you cannot see these documents for another 75 years. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it, when you think about it? Um, there were some things in there that were said, and you, got, you caught the audience reaction, right? <gasps> How dare you say <clears throat> that the president... Lyndon Bain Johnson was involved. Did you see the reaction? But that reaction is still going on today. That reaction in 19, well, this was the late 60s by the time he did this. Wasn't this like 69? So this took place. But isn't it interesting that the idea, the mere idea in America that the president would be involved, okay? And oh, yeah, he did profit. <laughs> He profited heavily. He, he became president, right? And uh, went on with the war, you know, with Vietnam. But isn't that amazing, the reaction of the audience? How do you think in this country we became so naive and so dim-witted that we would think that our government was untouchable and that the mere prospect of claiming that our government was involved to be able to carry that out, to orchestrate it through the Dallas uh, police, some, some on the Dallas police force, others were just killed if they whistle blew. But I mean, in, in all areas of that, okay, think about that for just a moment. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? That their reaction wasn't, hmm, let me think about that. The reaction was, oh, how dare you? When did we become that naive people? Because we were born, this country was born from understanding and knowing how the corruption works at the highest levels. Otherwise, we would have never split off to form this country. So how did we lose that in that period of time? How did that happen? How do we become so naive and stupid that we would think that it was untouchable, that it could never happen? It's quite insane, isn't it? So there was a conversation that, w that took place between Donald Sutherland and Kevin, Co Kevin Costner. And Donald Sutherland was Mr. X kind of filling him in. He was a government official. I just want you to listen to three minutes of this, okay? Because a lot of people go, how could that have taken place, though? How could they all be on, in on it? They don't all have to be in on it. But I want you to listen to this. Here we go. Anyway, after I came back, I asked myself... Why was I, the chief of special ops, selected to travel to the South Pole at that time to do a job that any number of others could have done? And I wondered if it could have been because one of my routine duties, if I had been in Washington, would have been to arrange for additional security in Texas. So I decided to check it out. And sure enough, I found out that someone had told the 112th Military Intelligence Group at 4th Army Headquarters at Fort Sam Houston to stand down that day over the protests of the unit commander. Colonel Wright. I believe it's a mistake. This is significant because it is standard operating procedure. 
especially in a known hostile city like Dallas, to supplement the Secret Service. I mean, even if we had not allowed the bubble top to be removed from the limousine, we would have placed at least 100 to 200 agents on the sidewalk without question. I mean, only a month before Dallas. UN Ambassador Adlai Stevenson has spit on and hit. There had already been several attempts on De Gaulle's life in France. We would have arrived days ahead of time, studied the route, checked all the buildings, never would have allowed all those wide open empty windows overlooking Dealey, never. We'd have had our own snipers covering the area. The minute a window went up, they'd have been on the radio. We'd have been watching the crowd, packages rolled up, newspapers, coat up, never would have let a man open an umbrella along the way, never would have allowed that limousine to slow down to 10 miles an hour, much less take that unusual curve at Houston and L. You would have felt an army presence in the streets that day. None of this happened. It was a violation of the most basic protection codes we have, and it is the best indication of a massive plot in Dallas. Now, who could have best done this? Black Ops, Mr. Garrison. People in my business, people like my superior officer, could have called Colonel Reich and said, look, we have another unit coming from so-and-so providing security. You'll stand down. I mean, that day, in fact, there were some individual Army intelligence people in Dallas. I'm still trying to figure out who and why. But they weren't protecting client. And, of course, Oswald. Army intel had a Harvey Lee Oswald on file. All those files have been destroyed. Many strange things were happening. And your Lee Harvey Oswald had nothing to do with them. We had the entire cabinet on a trip to the Far East. We had one-third of a combat division returning from Germany in the air above the United States at the time of the shooting. At 12.34 p.m., the entire telephone system went out in Washington for a solid hour. And on the plane back to Washington, word was radioed from the White House Situations Room to Lyndon Johnson that one individual performed the assassination. Does that sound like a bunch of coincidences to you, Mr. Garrison? No. Not for one moment. The cabinet was out of the country to get their perceptions out of the way. Troops were in the air for possible riot control. The telephones didn't work to get the wrong stories from spreading if anything went wrong with the plan. Nothing was left to chance. He could not be allowed to escape alive. Well, I never thought things were the same after that. Vietnam started for real. It was an era of, I don't know make-believe in the Pentagon and CIA. Those of us who'd been in secret ops since the beginning knew the Warren Commission was fiction. But there was something, something deeper, uglier. I knew Alan Dulles very well. I briefed him many a time in his house. But for the life of me, I still can't figure out why he was appointed to investigate Kennedy's death, the man who had fired him. Dulles, by the way, was General Wyeth's benefactor. I get out in 64. Designed my commission. I never realized Kennedy was so dangerous to the establishment. Is that Warren? Well, that's a real question, isn't it? Why? The how and the who is just scenery for the public. Oswald, Ruby, Cuba, the Mafia. Keeps them guessing like some kind of parlor game prevents them from asking the most important question, why? Why was Kennedy killed? Who benefited? has the power to cover it up. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. show up. 
<laughs> Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. I'm sharing with you some clips from the 1991 JFK movie because there's some things pointed out. It is not going to point out everything. Hollywood will never do that. It's not how they're built. They wouldn't allow it. Um, do they talk about gold standard? Not really. <laughs> they talk about a lot of important things that were going on at the time. No. Um, but they do hit on some things. They did hit, did they hit on the fact that um, Oswald really was working for the CIA, which we know he was now? Not really. Not, they, they, they pointed him out as a patsy. They talked about him learning Russian and they kind of insinuate, but they didn't go into any heavy detail on that. But at the same time, they did say a lot of things, right? And, and it did point out that, that Oswald was the patsy um, and there was no way he could have done what they said he did. The magic bullet there. Everything was so obvious. But why did we still believe it? Was it that horrific? So when I was talking to a friend of mine last week, and, and my friend said to me, um, and this is a person who believes the shots, believes in, you know, it's just, just believes everything, um, has a real hard time with the fear of what I know or the fear of what we discuss on this show. Can't do it. Fingers and ears. La, 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 la. Can't do it. And my response to that was, you have to. You have to, you have to arm your kids. The problem with us is that even back in 1963, we were not armed by the knowledge that our government could do these things and carry out these things in these vectors of power. And so in 1963, everyone just believed the media. Why did we believe the media? Why were we marketed the idea of what we of what we thought America was and not think it's vulnerable for attacks from within, for infiltration from within? We we can't put heads in sand. We have to actually arm our kids. And if our heads are in the sand, their heads are in the sand. We have to arm our kids. How are they going to make it through all this? Unless they know what to expect, what to look for, how to go back in the past and say, can you believe we believed this story? But here we sit all these years later and everything's right in front of us. No pandemic took place. You didn't look out your window and see people falling over dead as they were walking by your house. There was no pandemic. That didn't happen. There were no new cemeteries to house all the, the uh, half a million new bodies that died. Where'd they bury them? Did you see big incinerators? <laughs> Did you detect they were burning the bodies? No. Nobody could tell that story. It wasn't happening. They lied to you and told you a pandemic was going on and you believed it. People, not you, but people out there believed it. Hook, line, and sinker. And it wasn't even going on in front of their own eyes. So it's only gotten worse. Our, our naive reaction to everything. When that audience, when that audience 
gasped. Let me play this again. I submit to you that what took place on November 22nd, 1963 was a coup d'etat. Its most direct and tragic result was the reversal of President Kennedy's commitment to withdraw from Vietnam. The war is the biggest business in America worth $80 billion a year. President Kennedy was murdered by a conspiracy that was planned in advance at the highest levels of our government, and it was carried out by fanatical and disciplined cold warriors in the Pentagon and CIA's covert operation apparatus, among them Clay Shaw here before you. It was a public execution, and it was covered up by like-minded individuals in the Dallas Police Department, the Secret Service, the FBI, and the White House, all the way up to, including J. Edgar Hoover and Lyndon Johnson, whom I consider accomplices after the fact. All right. That, that visual gasp from the audience wasn't when he said CIA. It was when he said FBI. Why? Because F- we've always been told the FBI are these good guys. They're the good guys. They're going to come in and save the day when the local cops can't. They're the federal police force. That's, what, that's what's so crazy. Right now we're dealing with everything from the fallout of what the government is trying to make January 6th into. You, the domestic terrorist, anyone that shows up as a domestic terrorist now and they can pin something on you even if you didn't do anything. Is there tape when they were beating up this unconscious guy, making it look like the unconscious guy was trying to beat them up? I mean, we're talking about some pretty bad stuff, pretty bad lies. The movie from 1991 did not nail it all and and solely blamed most of it on the war. The war machine is huge. That was a piece of it, but there were more pieces. In order to take him out, you had to have a lot of things going on, and you had to have a lot of people compartmentalized, like Agent X said, okay? Well, hey, this group was sent over here, and that group was sent over here. Same thing happened in 9-11. Air Force was on a drill that was just like 9-11, at the time of 9-11, <laughs> an hour and a half away why they didn't get up in the air it's compartmentalized everybody has their little piece of it and then it's all a coincidence that it all happens at the same time i'm not a coincidence theorist i don't know what makes people so naive i don't know why we have such a lack of curiosity I don't know why we wouldn't want to arm our kids with how to get through this and what to look for and how to see it because I see a lot of really naive adults put their head in the sand because they're so uncomfortable. They cannot handle. They can't live with those kinds of feelings. When did they become such wusses? When? When did that happen in America? We came from great stock. <laughs> we, we came here because we were brave. We wanted to brave it out. We just wanted to own a piece of land. We wanted to have our own destiny. When did we become so dumb? Oh, that magic bullet. Yeah, that was a pretty busy bullet. That sounds like for reals. That sounds like it really happened. Lee Harvey Oswald up in the, up in the book. Pl- yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, just a lone gunman. How many lone gunmen have we had since 1963 involved in a false flag? They just keep redoing the story over and over and over again. How many false flags is it going to be until you finally realize that people in power like this can do these things? 
I'm not quite sure how many it's going to take. <laughs> We're not arming our kids. And if you don't want to feel those feelings because you feel like, oh, that's just kind of hard and I have to get through my day and I just want to take a happy pill. I don't want to look at what the government's doing. I don't want to see what they're doing in our city. I don't want to see what they're, the, the nonsense they pull off, the corrupt activities. I don't want to see any of this. Well, at least do it for your kids. At least be aware for your kids. Because the adults in 1963 were not armed by their parents to see what was going on. We didn't even question World War II. Disney did movies to convince us of what was going on. We had so much propaganda to get into World War II. Why did they have to propagandize us? Because they thought we might resist. Resist? We didn't even ask questions. We just took it face value and said, okay, I guess we have to go to war to protect us. And then they let Pearl Harbor happen. Let Pearl Harbor happen. (laughs) They wanted Pearl Harbor to happen. So... We don't even we don't even go back and question that because somewhere in our mind we have to believe that everything just led to that and we had to and you know lives were lost because we had to and had we been vigilant in asking questions along the way then we wouldn't be in this situation now and now they're just getting more we're getting more dumb about it I was going to play the coincidence clip coming in the coincidence clip The Center for Coincidence, (laughs) because it's so true today. We believe everything is a coincidence because we don't want to deal with bad feelings, sad feelings. I feel sad all the time. I feel like we're losing our country every day. And I'm going to arm my kids with the truth of what's happening so they can protect themselves from it. I hope other people are doing that, at least for their kids' sakes, just because they don't want to have to deal with it. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hey, Katie. Hey. Yeah, I can't. I can't stand to look away from the truth. Right. Um, you were talking about nine eleven. Yeah. And you know what they did within a day or two? Mm-hmm. They sent all the evidence of the crime scene to China to be destroyed. Wow. Had wow. you had you heard that? I haven't. I have not heard that. But, but it sounds like what they <laughs> well, did with guess- elections in Maricopa County. So yeah, yeah, everything got destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, and Lyndon B.J., yeah. what he did on November 23rd was he sent the limousine, mm-hmm. the evidence of the crime scene, right. up to Detroit to be scrapped. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and was- yes. And also um, had uh, had talked to his little mistress about uh, making sure that uh, he was done away with the next day. And also both Secret Services mm-hmm. were in on this. I interviewed Clint Hill, who was the guy that climbs into the back of the limo. And uh, I was talking to the guy that wrote the inheritance um, about that. And he said, you know, both Secret Services had to have been in on it because they both made sure that he they, they were both there making sure sure that he got right in that one place at that one time. And he said, Lyndon Johnson's Secret Service and Kennedy's Secret Service were both in on it. They had to have been. And the, and the Dallas police. Yeah, and they the Dallas police. They slowed down that limousine yep. so that they, those, those shooters could take their shot. Yep, yep. And Jim Garrison is an American hero, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he did. He, you know, he felt it deeply, and he at least went after it. I so appreciate your call. Thank you for that. Um, hey, hey, one more thing. Sure. Did you notice how? Did you notice how Kevin Costner's uh, career seemed to go kind of belly up after the JFK movie? Because I... he was like on top of the world with uh, mm-hmm. Dances with Wolves and uh, right. 
uh, field of dreams. Right. And just like uh, it's very interesting, and I don't think it's ever really recovered. I do. I mean, I think he's done well with Yellowstone and and all these movies he's done since. But I mean, there could have been a lag at the time uh, because he participated in this Oliver Stone movie. But the Oliver Stone movie still didn't yeah. tell the whole truth. Um, it came, you know, it, it did yeah. it did point out some truths, which I was grateful for. But that's Hollywood for you. So they're never going to let the whole truth out. Thanks for the call, though. I really appreciate it. Um, Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Kate. Yeah. Just one minute. I'm sorry. Just let me let me turn the radio down. I apologize. Okay, you got to hurry. I only have thirty seconds. Okay, you got thirty uh, real seconds. Quick, there's two mm-hmm. things. Uh-huh. There was a book about eight or ten years ago written by a former FBI, uh, CIA agent. He might for twenty years in his retirement he went through text small town newspapers on microfiche mm-hmm. and found Lyndon Johnson was the person of interest in 16 murders and disappearances of people who opposed him publicly. He was either going to go to prison or he was going to become president and get away with everything, right? Exactly. And anybody and anyone upset about the FBI FBI being corrupt, it was corrupt from 1935 to 77. Jagger Hoover died and it was no secret. Bingo. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that thought. I really do, because that's right on the money. I'm very corrupt, but they kept selling us that they were good guys over they had to just like they had to sell world war ii to us just like they had to sell the vietnam war to us i mean everything was built on lies and it still is so when are we going to figure that out how at this point because i think back in 1963 once you saw that happen how could you trust your government at that point why would you not call that out but then we've had we've produced generations since then that continue to put their heads in the sand And the people that have done that have done their kids no favors because they wouldn't be getting away with what they're doing right now had we started calling it out. Had we started saying, no, 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 no. We, the American people, do not buy this stupid story you're selling us. This idiocy. We're not going to buy that. Yeah, you guys did it. And uh, we, we, we didn't do that, though. So it just led to more head and sand because nobody wants to believe it. Boy, I'm sure glad our founders didn't feel that way. Had they put their heads in the sand, we would have never been here. So (laughs) I can't even imagine that. But they were bold enough to call it out and see it. Why aren't we? What lacks in us that we can't see it? If I have to point out to somebody that the CDC is corrupt, I just think they're a total moron. Right? Hate to be mean, but it's true. At this point in the game, if I have to point that out and that the shots are are a problem, the the person's a moron. (laughs) I know that sounds so bad, doesn't it? But my gosh, 2023, I would think that people could figure that out by now. It's too obvious. Be right back with Melissa K. Daly Show. Don't go anywhere. 